Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Trio of Positivity podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are going to skim through the Chicago Chicago sports landscape to bring some positivity into our lives. Uh, But anyone who has cheered on the Chicago teams can attest, it can be sometimes hard to find. Yes, that's right. It is CJ hosting today, and I'm reading the tidbit that Boopin left for me. But I'm also here with my other fellow Positive Brigade member, Miller. How are you, buddy? You're not Boopin. I'm not Boopin. Ooh. It's going to be interesting. Boopin, say hello. Hello. And he's not here. Boopin was not able to join us today. We do have a... I thought that was actually a pretty good impression, personally. It was not. I will tell you that right now. It was not. Uh, we we do have a surprise guest that we're not going to announce just yet, but may show up during the podcast. So we're excited about that. Uh, it is also our responsibility to let you know that you can find us on Facebook under Trio of Positivity Podcast and also on Twitter, which is now called X at Trio Positivity. So just one important note before we move forward. Um, normally, as you've seen in my Facebook sketches, our videos that we have typically i am sitting here with a nice brown liqueur maybe in manhattan maybe whiskey on the rocks today it's going to be vodka straight vodka you know why because i have to deal with this idiot by myself and that is an accomplishment in itself and i need some hard stuff today first of all i'm not difficult (laughs) if anything as most women will tell you i'm very easy Okay. Yeah, that's for sure. Second, why vodka? I don't. I told you. I just. I just needed something a little stronger, a little pick me up for today. I don't. I feel like this episode is already going to go off the rails. Always does. Well, speaking of off the rails, we're going to go ahead and discuss more about the women's World Cup and what's been happening, and goes to show how homerism seems to still continue to work. We're going to have a little section on the MLB umpires. We're going to then go to the famous Miller's Bear Corner for some updates there. And we're going to continue our updates with the Crosstown rivalry between the Cubs and Sox. Granted, Boopin's not here. I can promise you we are not going to spend that much time on the Sox. And neither have the Sox because they fucking suck. And lastly, we had week one of the preseason game for the Bears. We're going to give our thoughts on that. But first... I'm going to start us off. We got a final for the Women's World Cup. That's right. We got Spain versus England. Ooh, baby. They're going to be playing on Sunday, 5 a.m. Central Time, 6 Eastern. Spain defeated Sweden, and uh, Sweden uh, defeated Japan from the the last conversation that we had. Uh, And England got there by beating my another team that I picked to try to get to the finals, which did not work, which was Colombia. England beat them 2-1 and went on to beat Australia 3-1. Miller had England going to the finals, so congrats to Yay! him. Apple did not, far, did not fall far from the tree since he was also Team USA a couple weeks ago, and that didn't work for him either. So we have a final. Spain and England. Miller, who you got? Are you really asking me that question? We just need to focus in on the expert of the group. That's me, obviously, for multiple reasons. First off, in our first wager, United States went the furthest. So check Mark Miller. Second check off, Miller. in our second wager, 
England went the furthest. Check off Miller. Thirdly, when we originally discussed the Women's World Cup, yours truly did a deep dive on three teams in addition to the United States. Two of said teams are in the final. So, check Mark Miller. Soccer expert. If anybody wants to come talk, chat, let me know. Alex Morgan, I'm here for moral support. Just give me a call. Anytime. As much as I hate to say it, he has been right. Granted, he's only been right about women's soccer. Hey, we all know I know women better than you two. That's the bottom line. That is fair. That is fair. You... I got nothing else to say on that, <laughs> but that is true. So uh, I look forward to this. Um, I may actually either stay up to watch this game or I may wake up? up. I may stay up. Uh, I don't know if you realize, but Madden was released on um, on video game systems. It's going to be the first time I might try Madden in six years or so. Yeah, I've lost interest in Madden a long time ago. So I might be playing some Madden, but if not, I, I still want to wake up and watch because, again, the F- World Cup finals are every four years. It's always exciting to watch. Um, hey, and, hey, uh, just, uh, you know, this is the 21st century. There is a something called DVR. You can just DVR it and then watch it. Yeah, it's not the same. Do you DVR a lot of stuff? I don't. I dvr part of the bears game and then caught up afterwards it's a great way of doing things yeah i i mean i guess now that we have a podcast i probably should start doing it i'm still a fan of the of the live stuff i don't know it seems more exciting to me it's nice to be able to converse with people but no one's gonna be up at 5 a.m i can promise you that so you're not gonna have to worry we'll see we'll see the ratings i mean the ratings for the world cup has been very good for them but i i think the united states ratings is in the drain at this point that'd be interesting to see but um it's the fact that it's an all eu final will definitely help um with the ratings um and australia uh hosting the third place game too so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see australia was definitely a good story like they were not even projected to get out of the group stage and they managed to not only get out of the group stage but win their first round matchup so definitely props to them down under yeah, you and gotta give them they props. have a chance to finish third place. So it's going to be fun. It, that's going to happen on Saturday. Uh, and then the final again is on Sunday. So we're going to go ahead and transition now. Um, Miller, what do you want to talk about? Typically, yours truly focuses more on the Bears corner. That's where my specialty is with all those Bears. You know, the yeah, bears it is. But today, since... Hoopin is not joining us. I'm going to take his spot with the news of the week. And my news story, for those of you who are paying attention to uh, Major League Baseball, revolves around the umpiring that we've seen over the last week. So there are three specific situations that stick out, and I want your opinion on where umpiring in the MLB is going to go. Are we going to go robot umps, or are we not? But before we get into that, I want to lay out some scenarios here. First, we're going to start with the Philadelphia Phillies. And there was a call a few weeks ago. We're talking, we were in the bottom of the seventh inning. Bases are juiced up against Minnesota. Phillies are down 2-1. to 3-2 count, and a pitch was thrown inside. Three inches off the plate. Like, we're not even talking close here. 
called strike three. You may have seen it. The player and subsequently the coach were ejected immediately after. Completely changed the game there. That's just one example. That you jump over to the Red Sox against Nationals that occurred a few days ago. Two situations in the same inning. And not only was it three inches, it was double that. That's what she said. Giggity. Two strikeouts back-to-back in the fourth inning on 3-2 counts that were six inches off the plate. They weren't even close. And and then you and then you also hear the stories out there uh, about the Yankees-White Sox game that took place, I believe, last weekend or maybe last week where the umpire missed 19, yes, I will repeat, 19-1-9 strike calls in one game. Now, to me, that just seems outrageous. I want your thoughts on one, do you think robot umps are going to make their way into the MLB and in the next few years? Or two, do you think these umpires should be punished in some way for egregious calls or egregious um, situations or something along those lines. So we need to take it a step back. Um, in some in some minor league associations, they already have robot umping. That's already existing. Now there's no timetable. Um, according to this report that I'm seeing from Fan Fan Nation or SI.com, actually, it's from SI.com. Uh, it says here that uh, in 2023, all AAA parks will have robot umping and that what they're going to do is they're going to be half robots and then the other half of the season is going to still be umpires, but that they're going to allow for challenges. So this is already being in the talks, but I will say some of the calls have been very bad, but I think um that's kind of part of the game. I think it's, it's normal now. I think what's going to end up happening, though, is we are going to have this robot umpiring come into the MLB, I want to say, in the next three years. And eventually, the managers are going to be so upset that they're calling strikes like to the freaking inch that they're just going to say, we're, we're better off arguing with the umpire than we are with a robot. So um, I think that's very much... Oh, that's my dog wanting to get in the podcast. And he agrees he doesn't like robots either. Um, but I, there have been a lot of bad calls. And I don't know if you've watched Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN. Um, some of the umpires have cameras. And you can actually kind of see like some of the angles that they have. The one thing I don't like about umpires is that they'll defend it with no reason. So like I think I saw someone like get very mad and then they just get ejected. Um, And the umpire was like, listen, that's a strike. Or if you're going to keep arguing with me, like this is my, my spot. Um, That's the one thing I think we're going to miss from the game. I think umpires are going to have to stay and that challenges are going to be coming in, but baseball has worked so hard and they've been so successful in making the game go faster that I think robot umping is just going to take that, back to delaying the game more yeah I have a few things here um i think personally robot umps are going to be inevitable i can see a transition period in which there are challenges incorporated you have to understand that the 
technology these days is so advanced. You look at a sport like tennis in which these players can challenge and you can get challenges done in five, ten seconds. But you don't I need agree. to get the you don't need to get the headset on to do this anymore. You right, have but the see electronics. The ten- but with tennis though, what you're tennis the measurements of tennis are always the same. The 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 layout is the same. The difference between one end of the of the of the playing field to the other end is always the same. So it's very easy to get sensors. It's very easy to to get the data to kind of work its way out from that standpoint. From baseball though, you have to get the strike zone from people's different heights. You have to get the strike zone from how close they are to the plate, the the plate movement, how the catcher is either catching the ball or when the ball crosses. There's so many diameters involved in that that I think it's just going to be very like what if like you know framing used to be a thing in baseball for catchers that if a catcher can frame the ball in the strike zone that was a benefit oh with, i completely agree umping, that would be gone yeah, with uh, with the robot umping that's gone so your boy wilson Contreras will be the one of the best wilson Contreras will be no longer the best framer that we've seen in in our he's, life he's an awful framer for the record so I, I understand your point with tennis is well taken but the technology is there if espn can incorporate it on live broadcast there is no reason why the mlb can't invest in it and do it but that's the biggest mistake that they've made like if you look at soccer their var system sometimes is just awful it is awful do you know that a player can be offsides for 20 seconds score the goal only for then the guy to raise his flag and then to get on a headset to find out there's no challenges, but to get on the headset to find out if that was an offside or not, like that to me is where I see baseball going. And that is a long time. Yeah. I, I think first the challenges will be incorporated. I think that'll happen in the first few in a few years, actually. Maybe give it like three to five challenges per per um side in a per game. I think, I think three it's challenges so quick. Is too much. It's so quick. You can do it really quick and um I understand the accuracy and the issues. You're right. It's definitely different than tennis, but I think it can make it, it's a huge thing. Like you you are right, the framing of catchers is going to be gone. You're going to have issues with uh, but you can't challenge a robot. I mean, the robot is going to be black. But that's robot. what I'm saying. So like, what are you you know what and this is this is an extreme. I I've been known for extreme takes. But you really? know what's going to end up happening? Baseball is just going to have a bunch of short people <laughs> because they'll have a smaller strike zone. And because they'll have that a smaller strike zone. That is such a stupid zone. take. <laughs> but that's if you're going to go into robot umping, like that's part. It's for what is it? Knees, knees to chest, right? Knees to. Okay. Um, right. I mean, if you're if you're a five, four shortstop, you've just become so valuable in MLB. But if you can't hit the just ball, it doesn't zone, matter. I mean. These I guys, get, I get that. Of course, you still have to. Hit there the are missed calls that are a part of the game. There are no you question won't miss that. that. You but won't miss that. No, you. Not, won't miss I would the rather have accuracy. Perfect game where the guy called him out or called him safe, where the guy's foot doesn't touch the bag yet from Detroit. I forget the guy's name. There, there was a scenario where. Why would you miss game. something so drastic? I, it happened. I know what you're talking about. It's a no hitter, and the guy. Called no, it was him a safe. perfect game. Was it a perfect? It game? was a perfect game. And the guy and called that's what him saying. safe. So what like, I'm why saying, would though, you want that to be in history? But this is why what I'm wouldn't saying. you want he, his name would be in? But the that's record. one of the more famous blunders in baseball. And not to mention, if you have a robot ump to have that, like that, 
that is going to be that's going to be a perfect game, obviously. But if the other team wants to argue and they're going to argue with the ump, like they're going to check everything. The there there has wish- to come a point. I agree. There has to become a point. We can't sit here and challenge everything. That's why I said three to five challenges of pitches is reasonable because it's so. So let me quick. ask you this question. So quick, and then and then we'll get to the next topic because I know we're kind of dragging. But let me just ask you this: Cubs versus Sox, first pitch of the game, I throw a challenge. Because I didn't I, that, right away that umpire. Hey, that umpire is wrong. Okay, I, it's wrong now. What ends up happening is now that umpire, who normally has a strike zone in his head, has already been challenged on the first pitch, and now his thought process, if he's wrong, changes the whole outline of the game. But he's wrong. What does it matter if if he you're talking if he about has a strike zone that that's wrong? Why are you years of experience though? That's but what I'm they're saying. wrong. But but think about it. They're wrong. So, I mean, in I your, your in your defense, no, 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 in your no, no, defense, listen, listen. in your defense. Let me talk. Let me talk. If you have a strike zone and the ump has the wrong strike zone, and then you challenge it and it's deemed to be incorrect strike zone, don't you think that the ump would re- should realize that he needs to adjust his strike zone? He does. And do you really want him to adjust it that early in the game? It would be better that early than in the he middle of the fourth inning, like I just know. talked about. But he won't know. He spent I mean, they, his these whole guys twenty have... years, twenty years of thinking that the bottom right okay, of okay, the strike zone is a strike. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It's now going to no have one's... to move a couple inches over. No one's like, saying that these guys' strike zone is wrong. Like um, the only according person, to the robot, it will be though. The only person that probably has a bad strike zone is what's his name Hernandez. Oh, who's his case got thrown out? Too, yeah, his way. case got. He's the only one that has a bad strike zone, but. Most of these guys just they just make errors. They're humans, right? They they're they're in a situation that is so tense. You have the crowd cheering there's, huge. You're gonna make yeah, a I agree. I, and there's I agree. no way you're, to correct it. I mean, no, I think you, you and I are, are call, it's done. Yeah, I think you and I are on the same point of that. But what I'm saying though is when that first challenge comes in and you still incorporate an umpire to make those decisions, you are influencing how he's gonna call balls and strikes in the future i, I now, don't think it's gonna flip influence it. if you guy flip that's... it though no but listen listen if you flip it though and he calls it a strike it gets challenged that that wasn't a strike and it's correct you, you're you're basically saying that these guys are going to change based on one call yes i don't think that's i would agree Speaking of one call, we're now going to switch on over for miller's bears corners how many corner how many bears are you calling on this side today I got two bears, baby. Oh, man. You're just like handling multiple now. Ooh, you know. I, I, wanna, mm. I wanted to also, see something, but I held myself start, back. Before you start breaking news, the coach for the women's uh, soccer team has resigned. Oh, breaking news here on the Trio of Positivity podcast. Okay. Continue with your bears corner. No, I'm intrigued. That's some big got. news. That Remember, is big this news. is the coach. That I said sucked. That I said picked a bad group of women. That I said made bad calls. Yes, this is said coach that just wasted another four years of Alex Morgan. God damn it! God, if you're, I thought you were gonna go a different route, but because you went with that route, we'll go ahead and keep it. That's something that we can discuss later (laughs) on. But let's go back to Miller's Bear Corner. He's oh. got two bears that he's going to fondle. Let's see what you got. You know the drill. Miller's Bears Corner here. We're going to 
diving into the new Bears players for this coming season. We are about, I think, four weeks away from opening kickoff. Excited, excited, excited. Today, we are going to be focusing on two offensive players, hoping to improve our running game with the departure of Montgomery, David Montgomery, who left for the Detroit Lions. So today, we have two fellas that are going to be joining that backfield. First, we're going to talk about Roshan Johnson. And second, we're going to be talking about Dante Foreman, both of them coming to the Chicago Bears for this year. So let's start off with Roshan Johnson. Roshan drafted in 2023. That would be That's right, this year in the fourth round. Uh, the Bears got him. Some people said that he was the steal of the draft. Um, he was the backup at Texas behind Bijan Robinson. So he obviously he didn't get a lot of playing time with Bijan taking the workhorse role, which is why the Bears were told to get the steal. A lot of analysts said that he would probably be a starting running back at a high caliber uh, other college locations across uh, NCAA. So hoping to see some good things out of a Roshan specifically possibly making at least competing for that starting job. Some of the big reasons why Roshan's even in the conversation competing with Dante Foreman um, and uh, Herbert Khalil Herbert is that his blocking ability. Uh, Roshan Johnson is your atypical well-rounded running back. He can run, he could catch passes and he can most importantly block. Dante and Khalil are both very weak uh, in pass blocking. We saw that last year. That was a big reason why um, Montgomery was kept. And they did some, you don't know if they made a push for Monty, but at the end of the day, they decided to go a different direction. But Monty was such a big part of the pass blocking last year. And um, hopefully Roshan will bring something similar to what Monty did. So pass blocking is definitely a big reason why he make make a push. And the other way, uh, the other thing that I mentioned earlier is his catching ability. Um, Yes, you can say that Khalil and Dante may have some. Well, specifically, Khalil is solid catching the ball at times, but Roshan is definitely that all-around back that you're looking for, that workhorse. And we're really hoping he takes the next step. Uh, I'm thinking that at the beginning of the year, it's probably going to be a split backfield, mainly between uh, Khalil Herbert and Dante Foreman because they have that established presence in the backfield. But I do see a scenario where at the end of the year, Roshan does make his um, make his presence felt and maybe takes more snaps overall and possibly becomes that number one. Um, secondly, talking about Dante Foreman, he was signed in free agency from the Panthers. Last year, he did have almost had a thousand yard season. Um, so he, he ran for 914 yards in, in 2022. Um, we did sign him on a one year deal. So he's only going to be sticking around for one year, which is to be expected. This was kind of a surprise signing because he does have some similarities with Montgomery, but the pass blocking is lacking, like I just discussed. So I was a little bit surprised. I really felt like they should have probably bought, brought David back if you're going to get a similar guy, but he was cheaper at the end of the day. Um, expect the same one-two punch that we had last year with Herbert and Foreman. That's basically what he's going to bring to the table. Uh, not a pass catcher like I mentioned. So I personally, I think it's going to be the Herbert is going to be the main guy. Foreman's going to be um, second 
and Roshan third, but I see Roshan making his presence known as we move forward. So those are the two bears that were that we talked about this week, Roshan Johnson and Dante Foreman. They are two running backs, two new bears. Bear down, baby. Bear down. Great update on that. And also, I know we're going to get into the uh, first game here after the break, um, but Johnson actually had 12 carries for 44 yards, which is a nice little start for him. And Herbert had four carries for... Or 15 yards so uh bernie's very excited about the stats that i just read i love I don't it know if you could yeah the other that. thing about johnson that i forgot to mention he actually on monday he was playing with the ones so the the coaches are seeing it man they're seeing that he can do it and so it, it might be sooner than later he makes his presence known all right well we are gonna go ahead and take our first break we're gonna get into the bear uh we're gonna get into the cubs and Sox. Uh, Crosstown Rivalry, and then we're going to get into our main segment, which is Game 1 of the preseason. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Trio of Positivity Podcast. I appreciate you listening during that quick break there. We are going to get into the Crosstown Rivalry update as well as diving into our main segment. So let's start us off with the Crosstown Rivalry update. Okay, we're going to get the short and sweet one out of the way. White Sox, do we have anything to add to something happened? No, no, they still suck. Yep, yep. Okay, we're good. We're ready to move on. Well, listen, let's at least give them credit. They beat us one game. That's it. Golf clap. Okay. Golf, Golf clap. clap. Still suck. And still 22 still games under 500 or something like that. Still. We- okay. We can move on. Moving on. All right. We're moving on to the Northsiders, who last week were in the playoffs. Well, unfortunately, they didn't have the greatest week. And they are now sitting out of the playoffs by about uh, a game, game and a half, um, out of the division by a few games, unfortunately. But. We still have positivity going on this north side. Yeah, we do. We'll get into the positivity rating in a moment. But uh, first off, let's kind of talk about um, a few things. They have they won a big series against Toronto over the weekend, which was a huge. Uh, beating a good team is always important. Like uh, CJ did mention, they did lose to the White Sox, which was a big loss last week. Um, or yesterday, I should say. Uh, so that is definitely not... Uh, good they have another game with the the Sox uh today so hopefully they can get the win there but uh most importantly I know we dropped this bomb a few weeks ago talking about the biggest stretch after the all-star break well they definitely met the challenge there definitely uh played well got the wins that they needed to well they're in for another big stretch here and very and fortunately for them it's very similar to after the all-star break these next 10 games are against pretty shitty teams. We're talking about, obviously, the White Sox, like we mentioned previously. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to be then playing the Royals, the Tigers, the Detroit Tigers, and ending with the Pittsburgh Pirates. So we have three, four bottom feeders coming up that we need to take advantage of. And fortunate for us, the Brewers, who are currently leading in the Central Division, they do not have such a cakewalk. They're playing teams such as the Rangers and I believe also the Anaheim Angels. So they and the Dodgers. Uh, 
so they got some tough games ahead of them where we have an easy schedule. So my hope is at the end of this, they're going to make their, there will be first place in the division. That's the goal. Thoughts? Um, yeah, the Cubs are three and a half games out. Um, I will say, I listen, I, as you know, I am the more, I am the most positive of the Cubs, um, Homer, I guess you could say. But my heart broke, man. Losing a series to the fucking Mets yeah, was a killer. Was that was bad. That was bad. And yeah, I'm glad we took a series away from uh, the Braves, which is great. But here's my issue is we need to beat the teams that we have to beat and try to steal the wins that we can from the higher ups. So I, I do feel that Although my positivity is still good, that was kind of like a heartbreak for me. But we did take a series from Cincy. We did take a series from Atlanta. So, And the biggest thing um, in, when it comes to baseball is series wins, right? You're not going to win any game. You can win some. And it's almost like any given Sunday. Any given day you get on that diamond, something can happen. The pitcher, your best pitcher in the world is going to have a bad day every year. So um, you're not going to win them all. But winning series is the most important. So um, I agree. That Mets series definitely was a detriment to the team, losing two out of three to them. But bouncing yep. back against Toronto is huge. We got to pick up the yep. win against, so we can at least take three out of four against the Sox. That's a must. We cannot split a series against them. Uh, and then hopefully we can win these next few series to kind of pr- um, to get us up to where we want to be. Uh, I know that Brewers have a easier schedule in September, so August is our time to take advantage of it. We need that unfortunately we did get some news today uh we are going to be losing marcus stroman for an extended period of time uh could be indefinitely actually yeah that's what i'm hearing as well his back or his seemed to heal or his hip seemed to heal sorry uh and now it looks like he fractured his a rib cartilage didn't even know that his right rib a cartilage fracture in his right rib has been announced yeah so basically what I heard is it's definitely not a short-term thing. It's long-term. What that means, I don't know. Hopefully, maybe worst-case scenario, four to six weeks, so he's at least possibly back for the playoffs. But a pitcher of his caliber being out four to six weeks, you don't know how they're going to perform right off the bat. So it's really no. unfortunate having that happen this late in the year. Um, he was looking really good. Uh, he did struggle as of late. So. Um, it's just it's tough seeing this this team go this route but yeah and um you know i always said that he's the heart of the team like he was all very vocal when he pitched the one positive that i could say that can come out of this is september call-ups are right around the the future so we might get some extra support there but we do we did know that pitching was always something that we needed assistance with and losing your star like this is not good yeah two additional positives to add one on the current roster, Javier Assad uh, pitched a great outing last, I believe Friday is when he pitched against Toronto, had a great game there. He's kind of stepped into that role. Um, so let's see if he can continue uh, his role and his momentum as being a starting pitcher. He has been very good as of late. Uh, Drew Smiley, who has struggled, will also probably get put back in the starting lineup, which is concerning. Hopefully maybe this reset happens. But the second positive that I want to mention is not for the current roster, but possibly next year. With all the struggles that Marcus Stroman has had and the current injury, 
the likelihood of him picking up his player option and staying with the Cubs has increased. So I will, his I will misfortune may be the Cubs' benefit. I will give you props. I have not given that much thought into that. I'm still focused on my... as And Miller knows, uh, as much as I feel like I'm a homer, I feel like I'm pretty decent with what the Cubs are doing. I did want them, and I did say that they would be um, pursuing a wild card in a division run earlier in the year, even when they were down in the dumps, and now they're kind of doing this. The goal is, and I think Miller will agree with me and our listeners will agree with me, is it's okay to lose in the division, but stay within two games of the wild card. If you can stay within two games going into September, you have a chance because like we discussed before, the schedule is what's going to make it is, is what's going to make or break this team. However, we have to get wins early because on the road is where we close off our season. And that's where we seem to have our struggles. Yeah. Let's just hope for a fun September. That's all we can hope for a competitive fun hey, September. Important that baseball, baseball in Wrigley Chicago. field in September is fantastic. Yeah. I will take that any day. hundred percent agree. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to our main segment here. We're going to be talking about preseason football. What? Who wants to do that? Well, as you know, Bears fans are true fans. We watch every moment of these players play from the first minute to the 60th minute of every game. All the time. Bear down, baby. So we are going to be talking about some Bears takes from our first preseason game. And we're also going to throw in a, a bonus question, kind of looking around the league and seeing where, where people are at. So let's start it off. And all right, baby, we're going to start off let's hot, go. hot, 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 hot. Are you drinking the Kool-Aid, CJ? Are you drinking it, no. baby? Is Fields no. the greatest quarterback ever in the history of football after his Three for three for 129 yards and two touchdown performance. Come on. You got to be drinking that Kool-Aid. I'm not. I'm fine. Thank you very much for asking, though. Oh. Uh, Out of 129. Listen. Shout out to Ben. This is is for Ben because him and I suffered the last three years. Shout out to Ben. We got a touchdown off a wide receiver screen thanks to DJ Moore. That was for 60-plus yards. That's half of what he threw. That's half Whoop. of what Fields threw was off of a screen. So, there. See, listen, Fields, Fields, and more. I want that to be a continuous combination. Um, this is. It was just not enough. It was not enough for me to kind of see the offense how I wanted to see them. The fact that we only threw three times is also another thing where it's like you want to see the passing game, but I do believe that the playbook was very limited. You don't want to give your opponents too much information so but from an offense is go ahead it's okay from an offense it was okay i mean you can't be too high off of this let's be real i mean he threw three passes for 129 yards two real pass plays and do you know how many air yards he had for his three passes negative seven air yards negative seven he didn't even throw it down the field you can't sit here and be super positive yes things worked out Throws were not 100% on point, but what I really took away from this game was his movement in the pocket, specifically on that third throw to Herbert. The way he moved, saw the field, he avoided the rush, kind of worked the pocket, 
and dumped it off to Khalil. That's a step, man. Um, that so is very much. Uh, that is and also, props to the O line. Props to the O line. They seem again in the short amount of time that we got to see them. Fields looked a lot more comfortable in in this preseason game than I saw him for most. He didn't have to run out like. That's that's the one thing that we always said about Fields in, in the rushing yards that he get. Most of the rushing yards that he got was because the pocket broke down. And so I think eventually the Bears were like, well, we need to make running plays for him because he's doing it so well, but also because it's going to help our O-line. If the O-line continues to improve, I think you might not see too many rushes. I know we were talking last week about what we were expecting from him. If that pocket holds... Hey, 32, 3,300 passing yards might be in play. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, he also, speaking to the O-line, he needs to get that stack, sack rate down as well. It was at 14% last year. Yes, you can attribute it to um, the O-line. You could attribute it to a, very, a variety of things. But the bottom line is, across Fields' career, his sack rate has been high, higher than average. Yes. So he needs to get that down by getting that ball out quick. And dumping it off to the running back like he did on that third or the second touchdown pass, his third throw, step in the right direction. So big moves yeah, that, there. That also went for 56 yards. Yeah, it did. Moving on, uh, the defense oh. started off bad. Titans drove right down that's, the field with the second string quarterback. Let's let's that's, not, is that let's all you're gonna say that's just bad? That's started all you want to say that it was bad. They started that's just off bad. Bad. It was dog shit. It was one drive. It was the first drive of the year of the preseason. They started off And bad. what's been consistent of the Bears' defense? We can't fucking tackle. In that yes. first series, but how many times were... Go ahead. Like me and Boopin have stated on previous episodes, we're going to take a step forward, and we're going to be closer to league average. I'm telling you right now, that's my takeaway from the game. That's my Bears' take. We started off bad, but at the end of the day, the defense Listen, playing a full game ended with four turnovers and eight sacks. That is the hit principle at work. You got to trust the coach, and that is what they'll do. They had a bad drive. They admitted that. The defense came out the next day and said that they're bad, but they will improve off of that. They'll learn from that, and they'll adjust. Got to have here's my here's, here, here's my thing. Anyone who is... <laughs> and our guest, I'm, I'm looking at the camera. I want to see if he's going to shake his head yes or no here. Any team that's going to be pursuant to just reach the league average is a horrible, horrible stat line to reach for. If you're just going for the league average of something, that is not good. So the fact that we are just striving for league average, it it, it blows my mind. Oh, also, come on, dude. No, no, no. Not We also. haven't tackled last since year. last year. Or last week, last week, you said about Justin Fields that you do not believe he'll go from the bottom of the league in passing to the top of the league in passing. That's not what I said. You said that no, 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 he would no, no, no. be That's it would not be the bottom positive of the league if he moved to the average mark. You would consider that a win. Well, guess what? The Bears' no, no, no. defense was the worst in the league last year. We are talking. So to expect in comparison- him to go from the worst defense in the league to one of the best is not reasonable. So the one thing that average say- is a step. Okay, so. To bring you back to this point with Justin Fields, the conversation was we needed just or you guys wanted Justin Fields to hit a certain mark of passing yards, correct? And when We're I focus said, on the defense, hold on, hold on. We're not no, no, talking no, hold about on, that. hold on, no, just, no, no. You brought up Fields. You brought up Fields. I'm I brought up you, an example we, of 
when we brought exactly and i'm giving you my reasoning for it when we were talking about fields and i said hey if you want him to reach a certain amount of yards that means that he would be a top 10 quarterback that's what i said right as far as the defense is concerned last year we sucked at tackling and in the first preseason game in the first drive when jackson gets stiff armed off his damn shoes we cannot tackle <laughs> and that is the part that i don't like about the bears defense is that if you want to be consistent, okay, be consistent. Let's see improvement. I did not see improvement on the so tackle. I, I want to the first drive. So you're hanging the entire defense on one drive in the preseason. Yes. Come on, you got to look at the totality of the game. Eight sacks. The totality of the you game. You know how many game players, sacks we had last listen, year? Do you know how many sacks? The totality. And you know what's going to be crazy about that stat, Miller, is that maybe the people that played that game are going to get cut. No, I agree with you. Played, but most of the people that played in that first drive will not get cut. But the and defense is playing hard. They're pushing. They're following is, the hits hey, principle. That, that is, is what that our is great. Is. Our defense is playing hard. Let's give them orange slices in halftime and let them know how great they're performing out there. We Eight sacks, four, four turnovers. That's the stat line to take away from the defense. When I did the turnovers occur? Throughout the game, we discussed that. What, was it game. was it when our first our first stringers were out there? No, they, uh, yeah, I don't oh, know. So our first, what do you consider as first stringer? Because our our it nose was already or, reported that our first stringers played the first two drives. I don't know. All I can tell you is that you got to look at the totality and the what the coach is doing in the background, the scheme. At the end of the day, it's third string versus third string. Yes, it's not first string, but having competition, seeing success, going against different live teams, that's it's positives. So you hope, you hope that that positivity moves up through the ranks, hits the first string, and they start catching those strides. And the next point I just want to throw out, uh, move on to, is let's kind of break down Give me one player that you were positive on, one player you were negative on uh, on this first preseason game. I'll start us off with a little positivity. You got to give it up for Travis Gibson. He is a fourth-year player who's been on the Bears. A lot was expected of him last year. He was expected to make a big splash be a solid part of that defensive line, and it didn't occur. It didn't occur to the point where he was basically a third-string defensive lineman on a defensive lineman short team. We do not have a lot of depth there. We do not have a lot of talent there. And he was a third-string guy. Well, he came out with a bang, to put it nicely. He had a sack, three QB hits all over the field, making his impact known. He definitely did not like being third string on that defensive line. That's for sure. Expect to see more. He was on the bubble. I don't think he's going to get cut. I think he's going to make his presence known, and we hope for a bounce back year. Because as I pointed out, the defensive line is not the greatest. So he will, if he does live up to his ability, he will definitely take a good step. Give me your worst player. You're starting on the negative aspect since you're negative, Nancy. Well, negative Nancy already touched on him. But oh, Jackson, you just had to get stiff armed. That that to me 
when I saw like that's I think that's what mentally broke me down. I I, I feel like that's what did it. Yep. I, I think that I it's it's Jackson. Like But it's Eddie Jackson. He can't tackle. We know this. And but that was embarrassing. He got too far bad. <sighs> Listen, at this point, anything can go up from that performance. I, that broke me. That broke me because that to me, that to me made it made it seem like we we just we just don't tackle. Yeah, we did and, have a uh, a missed tackle. I think a player so earlier than that too. But yep. I, I didn't see it as bad as you did. But the, with the missed tackle, that Eddie Jackson play definitely was bad. Hopefully he improves going forward. He is a vet. You know, they don't practice. I will say this on any negativity, and I and I said it on a on a on a discussion that we have. Uh, with our friends maybe it was first game jitters i don't know you first know, drive jitters too first drive jitters in in our in our home field which we might not see anymore which also it's funny it was 97 percent full according to espn on a preseason game so that's good to know i guess but sucks for soldier field we're not going to be there anymore <laughs> but um i will now transition to my positive which was someone that was in your bears corner Tyreek Stevenson led the game in solo tackles with seven. Yes, he did. He had a tackle for a loss, and he also had a pass deflection, according to ESPN stats. That is very good to see. Yeah. Uh, excited for him, solidifying himself as cornerback number two. He did give up a big play on that first opening drive that did eventually lead to a touchdown, but he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. We'll all have to live with it. But he was another player that was all over the field. Him and Kyler Gordon, another cornerback. He isn't my worst, though, because we'll get to that worst in a second. But mm-hmm. Kyler was also all over the place. That's and, good to see. Secondary has definitely improved, although Eddie Jackson does teach to stop getting his face torn off by running back. And hard. there have been projections on some websites that uh, Stevenson is projected to win the starting job, but that he's also fighting for it, which... Yeah. I talked about that. See, that's how I feel. I don't think I'm glad you kind of said that. Yeah, and that's why, like, you and I are kind of both like, eh. Eh. He's fighting for it, but he's he's competing against a fifth rounder. Like, realistically, he should eh. have the talent to win out. Eh. Like, yeah, he should be. Like, but give us give us something to. uh, You want some more negativity? You want some more negativity? Negativity. You know this. Valus. Freaking Jones. He's my negativity. If this guy is on the Bears roster starting week one, I don't know what I'll do. Third round pick last year, so I get that Poles has some has some umph that why he wants him to succeed. But geez, this guy, all he does is make mistakes on this field. He is a punt returner for the Chicago Bears. He made multiple mistakes last year. I think it was the first or second punt that he received this year. Drops. He drops it. He's a moron. He lets the ball hit the hit the it turf. It was bad. It bounces it up, bad. and then he thinks it's smart for him to run underneath it and try to catch it, in which it hits his fingertips and goes away, recovered by Tennessee. You just can't do that. And the bottom so, line is we've improved our wide receiver room so much that I just don't know if there's a spot for him. you got DJ Moore, obviously. Chase Claypool, if he comes back from injury daryl mooney then you equinanius saint brown and then you're getting down to the bottom 
guys on who you want to pick. Uh, Dante Pettis, we got that rookie, Tyler Scott, that's come in. So it's pretty much between Dante Pettis and Valus Jones on who's going to take that six wide, six wide receiver spot. So we'll see. Dante offers some at least assurance catching punts. So I just don't know if there's a spot for Valus, and I don't want there to be because all he's doing is turning the ball over whenever he can. I will give you credit when you guys are talking about the coaching staff. I think this was the one moment which was captured in the game where our coach just kind of walked up to him and kind of was like talking to him. It wasn't like a yelling kind of thing. It was definitely a coaching moment, which is great. I can understand why he was trying to grab it because you don't want the ball to bounce further back. But I mean, come on, you either let the ball bounce and let it go. You live with it or you you fair catch it and you figure this shit out. You can't do this. I mean, it was a big bounce. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, once you do that, you're going to get your ass kicked no matter where you are on the field that those defenses are there. You're going to let that ball bounce 10 feet in the air just to catch it again. You're going to probably fumble it either way, even if you do catch it. So it's just a stupid decision. It's all he does in the punt game, and I just do not want to see a week one. But yeah, I, I, will, I will compare, though, our negativities. Would you say that that was worse than Jackson getting his shoes blown out? Yes, 100%. Field? I mean, I understand where you're coming from with Jackson, but at the end of the day, you have to give some credit to the offense. You've got to give some credit to the offensive player for making a good stiff arm. In this case, you don't give any credit to the other side. It's 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 all on him. That's a great point. All right, and then we're gonna move on. Um, I think that overall fun game. It was okay. I mean, we're not I, done yet. Intrigued. Well, yeah, I guess we are kind of done. We're done with the bear part. I, I was gonna say like, you know, there's only three of them that they play now compared to four a couple of years ago. I wonder if the the first unit will have more time out there in the next game, which is normally is projected to do so. So we'll see. Uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, kick it back off to Miller here, who has some other tidbits of a week one in the preseason. Uh, so it so, actually has to do with our trade partner, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Bears already won the trade, right? The trade for the first round pick that we traded with Carolina. Like we already knew they so. won. But Carolina got their ass kicked. They lost 27 to zip. And Bryce Young went four for six for 21 yards. That was who they picked. Who did we get in that trade? One of the pieces, DJ Moore, who had one catch for 62 and a TD. So it's a win, right? We don't even really have to discuss would, this anymore. We could just move on. I would uh, I would assume so, yes. Obviously. I, I mean, one preseason game in the books, it's already a done deal. doesn't need to be official or anything. So we could just move on. No, so I just wanted to point that out. I thought it was a funny tidbit. But we'll get more on the rookie quarterbacks in a bit. But it was, it was nice to see DJ, like you mentioned earlier, have such a quick impact. The first pass from Justin Fields and he takes it to the house. It was like, wow, this is the wide receiver we got. This is who we got. On a screen play. Wide receiver Um, number one. Even though Boobin is not here, we did ask him about his his thoughts on preseason one. And he did give us a couple pointers on what he thinks are the rising players that we've seen and also what he considers to be uh, the loser's end. So... We're going to go ahead and let Miller start us off because, as has been noted on this podcast, I am the negative one, so we don't want to start there. So, Miller, start us off. One of the risers that we discussed is going to be Kenny Pickett. And we all know what team he plays for, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we all know who's a Steelers fan on this podcast. 
for some reason, but he's a Steelers fan. Old CJ over there, our Steelers fan. And but you guys Kenny Pickett, this, but okay, I'll let you finish. Go ahead. But Kenny Pickett had a great start to the season. He is a second year sophomore quarterback. Um, he went six for seven, 70 yards, including a 33 yard dime to his second year receiver, George Pickens. I, I don't know. This guy may be the real deal. He may be taking some next steps. He's got the weapons. He's got Pickens, George Pickens, I just mentioned, Deontay Johnson coming off a pretty bad year, and he's got a running back in Najee. Plus, we all love his coach and Tomlin. So he could he could be the real deal in Pittsburgh. We just got to remember that any credit that uh, Pickett gets is because of a great backup quarterback that he's working with. <laughs> great teacher. Great teacher in Mitch, great teacher. Mitchie boy. A great teacher in Mitch, the – so I believe MVP went one for four and existed. six yards, right? Listen, his goal now is to mentor Kenny Pickett. <laughs> and you know what's crazy is he has gotten a lot of good uh, reports about actually doing that. So a lot of the success. Hey, if Steelers are Super Bowl bound, guess who's going to get that ring, baby? <laughs> so... You guys can talk all you want, but if Pickett is the real deal and uh, Mitchie boy is out there training and helping the man out, I, I'm, that's going to be another moment where the Bears blundered that position. Oh, okay, yeah. We're, we're now going to count the rings on ex-Bears, even if of they're course. backups. Of course. Why not? Jeez. Oh, come on. <laughs> all right. The other, on the negative side of things that we wanted to talk about, kind of... Uh, themes around the the NFL for preseason game one is the rookie big four QBs. And by that, I'm talking about Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and Will Levis. So starting off in order of picks, I already touched a little bit on Bryce Young and his 21-yard performance. Very underwhelming. He, see, he, he did seem to have a pretty quick release, but the offensive line just wasn't there. Obviously, his team is pretty, it's not very good, hopefully, for our draft pick's sake, but got that. C.J. Stroud didn't do much with Houston, really looked bad, threw a bad pick there. Um, going in even uglier is Anthony Richardson, per se, as far as his interception is concerned. He did have a few more yards, and I think he threw a TD as well. So he did have that on his resume for this this um, this game. But that interception that he threw was not pretty, to say the least. And finally, we saw Will Levis up close and personal against our Bears. He was basically losing out to a sophomore third-round pick of last year with Malik Willis. So he did not look good as well. He seemed jittery, wasn't making the correct reads. Basically, Malik them out so that's not a very good sign for any of those guys obviously it's early their first taste of nfl action anything can happen but the insanely high rating on a lot of these um these quarterbacks these rookie quarterbacks coming out at least the draft capital that were used on them they didn't start off very strong that's for sure they didn't start off strong but you know what's crazy is out of these four i believe it's projected to have three rookie starters which with richardson already being named the starter after you labeled the ugliest interception of the day uh for the colts now the question is going to be how does cj stroud and will levis bounce back 
you, I mean, do you play them a be, half? Do you play them a half in preseason? Well, here's the two? thing: like Will Levis isn't going to be the starter because they have Ryan Tannehill, so automatically he's going to be he's fighting for the backup job. Um, so obviously Ryan Tannehill is gonna, probably going to play this week, uh, so he's going to get some action there. But I mean, you're probably going to play him a few, uh, at least you a have quarter. To play him a whole, so. Yeah, and then you're yeah. you're focused on finding the splitting those reps between. Well, maybe you start Will Levis, but I don't know. They went back and forth, which I thought was a little weird. Uh, I know you want them to get more experience against like the second unit rather than just playing Malik for six drives, and then. But I feel like that kills the rhythm. But I don't know. Uh, we'll see. There isn't as much expectations there as there is on CJ Stroud. I like you said, he is a starter, so he's got to play a half. Got to see what he's I would got. think so, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens week two. Um, I think next week we will also have another breakdown of the Bears week two and kind of see like if a lot of the NFL teams kind of play how we're anticipating them to play. Like maybe we'll have a quarter for our first stringers. Um, I know the New York Jets, I believe Rodgers did not play. Um, so like, there's a lot of teams that kind of took week one as kind of how we expect it where it was to not put all their chips in the in the table and just kind of uh play it all out so i think week two is going to be the week that we see a lot of plays from 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 these guys in, in including our bears so we'll 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 have to kind of recap it again i think i think this is something that we can talk about again and see just how they kind of perform i'm intrigued to see how richardson plays i think that's the one where i'm like that was bad and yeah, I mean, I think rookies are rookies. I don't see any of these teams doing that much overall. Uh, I think at best they'll be mediocre. Indy does have the fact that they're well, Indy and Houston are playing against any really crappy divisions. So they have that going for them. So we'll see. I mean, it's fun. Football's here, everybody. We got fantasy. We have everything. So I'm excited. Football season. It's preseason. I know. But you know what? Football is football. So let's let's get this thing yeah, underway. Calm down. calm down, you fucking homers. Let's go. It's bear season, baby. Let's go. Uh, thank you for joining here on the Trio of Positivity podcast. I appreciate. Don't forget to like, to follow this badass group of young men as we talk yeah, sports. Is, uh... Brigade. Sorry. Positive brigade. brigade. Serious. Thank you. We are the positive brigade. Do not forget that. The Positive Brigade is here to inform you. We'll keep you posted on anything we hear about the NFL. We'll give you updates. And I love it. Thank you all. Have a great week.